The following is made available by Grace Point Church of Orville. For more information, visit us online at orogracepoint.com. Once again, I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 6, beginning verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two it covered its face, and with two it covered its feet, and with two it flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of the one who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in its hand a burning coal that it had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. The last two weeks we have been lingering here in this vision, this experience that Isaiah had following the death of King Uzziah. We've been using it as a way to think about this concept or understanding in Scripture of the holy. Thus far, we've seen two interlocking pieces. On the one hand, being present to this deep reality creates an awareness that there is a power at work in our world that I cannot manipulate, I can't own it, I can't control it. All I can do is step back and say, whoa, this is awesome. Then last week we added this other piece that accompanies the encounter of the holy, and the theological term is mysterium, the regular term for most of us is weirdness. That it's just, whoo, this is a bit out there. These six-wing things flying around, and I'm still pondering how they're flying around with their faces covered up. It just seems like a recipe for disaster, but there they are flying around with their hands over their faces. But uh, we saw there, there's this strange, mysterious component to the holy that involves a more than. It's a resistance or a pushback against attempts to flatten things out into nice, neat mechanisms and diagrams. And both of these interlocking things, this acknowledgement of this deep power and this acknowledgement of this deep mystery, both fundamentally require me to let go of control. Not only can I not grasp it with my hands, but when it comes to the holy, I can't really grasp it with my mind either. At best, I let go. 
I relax into it. And today, what I want to add into this is an observation here, beginning in verse number 5, that really comes out of relaxing into those two realities. When I let go of trying to hold with my hands, of trying to grasp with my mind, trying to manipulate, control, uh, all of these things that we humans are so prone to do, when I let go of those things, something interesting happens. And again, if you want the technical term for this, our dear friend Rudolf Otto that we've mentioned, he calls this creature consciousness. Another writer that I enjoy listening to, he makes it a little more understandable. He says, this is just the experience of smallness, where all of a sudden, you can see. In verse number five, Isaiah sees in this moment, he says, my eyes have seen the king. And it's only in these moments where I let go that I'm able to experience this kind of clarity that comes in my encounter with the holy. Now, it's a particular type of clarity. It's not once I relax, then all the mysteries are revealed, and now I understand it all, and now I can control it. No, it's a certain awareness of really who I am. There's a clarity that comes when being in the presence of the holy, it, it has a way of stripping aside all of the hubris and all of the facades and all of the masks and all of the games that I'm playing so that I can really be present in that moment. This is why Isaiah says, I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm in the midst of a group of people of unclean lips. Now, what's he talking about here? He's talking about all the babbling that people do. All the stupid stuff that we say all the time. When standing and really seeing the king, I realize just how ridiculous some of this stuff is. Isaiah here, in this experience that he has, uh, remember, leading up to this was the death of King Uzziah. So no doubt there's all kinds of angst and political uncertainty and social uncertainty and trying to figure out who's going to take his place and what's my role and all of this. This is the stuff they're talking about. And then he has this encounter with God's deep reality. And here, this is, this is such a beautiful passage because I think it helps us come to a better understanding of what's up with the holy. It's not somewhere else. Right? That's the mis misstep that we often make with this, is that somehow it reflects a reality over yonder. What Isaiah was able to understand through this experience is that, yes, King Uzziah is dead, and yes, there's all this instability, there's all this craziness going on, but God is moving beneath it all, and God is working above it all. And when I relax and I surrender to those realities, all of a sudden, I can really see me for the first time. There's a beautiful poem by T.S. Eliot. talks about all of our wanderings. He says, and then we arrive back where we started to know it for the first time. Encountering the holy is not to go somewhere else. It's to finally know this place 
for the first time. Isaiah sees and recognizes for the first time really where he's at. To know this place, to know himself, to see himself. And it scares him. Right? It all, if we're honest, it is frightening to see the real me. Because we're good at not only putting up facades to people around us, but we keep them on even when we're looking in the mirror. It'd be one thing if we took the mask off when we went home, but a lot of us, we go to sleep with the mask on. And to peel all of that back is a rather frightening thing. And you see in Scripture these various encounters people have with the holy when they see finally see it scares them to the point that some of them play dead they just play possum there's like poor old john in the book of revelation read it in chapter one he saw the lord and what does he say i fell down like i was dead it's like i can't deal with this if i just pretend i'm dead maybe he'll move on to something else isaiah here he's like i'm lost it's finished beautiful thing is this again this is one of those places of um, confusion because often people just stop there and they don't realize that God doesn't let them die and God doesn't kill them the angel comes on over puts his hand on John and says don't be afraid get up the angel brings a coal for Isaiah touches his mouth says you're purified seeing yourself Really seeing yourself in the presence of God can be an unnerving thing. But hear me today, the goal of the holy is not to destroy us. It's to transform us. And if we can't see ourselves for who we really are, we can't ever really be transformed. If I'm not able to peel the mask off, I can't move to the next level. I can't fully be present. This theme we've seen all throughout about actually being here in the moment. Think about our friend Moses that we've already discussed. Takes his shoes off so he can feel the sand that he's on holy ground. Nowhere in that text does it say that Moses was perfect or without sin. Nowhere does it say that Isaiah was out without sin. He confesses, I have problems. John has his own problems. This experience with the holy when it's overwhelming and I am aware of my creatureness, right? I'm aware of the fact that, wow, I'm just a real small part of this. The goal is not separation. The goal is only by understanding that I'm a small piece in this, I can finally be present in it. This is like people who live in a dream world. They're not really present. They're not with us. You know people like this. They have these delusions of grandeur and they're not able to live in the moment because they're off in some other domain. Understanding and recognizing the holy is not this recognition that I'm so small and God is so far away. Seeing how small I am enables me to finally fully be present to God. It's not separation, distance, gap, other dimension it's about meeting the divine the god of the bible has always been tangled up with creation and humanity 
These notions of a God distant, other, totally separated from creation, that's Greek philosophy. That's not in the Bible. In the Bible, it's God walking in the garden looking for people. It's God showing up in the midst of their gatherings. We get to the New Testament, it's God invading our space. The holy is where we meet the divine, not a way of describing our distance from the divine. Right? That's a key distinction that often we get these things backwards. And so you hear people talk about, well, one of these days when I get my life together, then I'll come you know, meet Jesus. No, it's, it's the other way around. Holiness is not the key to unlocking the presence of God. Holiness is the transformation that takes place in the creature, in all of its creatureness, when it is awakened to and finally becomes present to the holy. See the difference there? Often the church uses this as a distancing mechanism when God is all about trying to get us to be present now in this moment, being aware of God's presence forces a recalibration in me. Now, recalibrating me doesn't make the holy present. It's the holy that recalibrates me. Uh, and again, I know I'm repeating this a lot, but this is one of these concepts where the church has done badly at explaining this, and so people are always standoffish when they think about the holy because they think, well, that's, that's what those people do that think they're better than everyone else. No, this is where we get to see ourselves for who we really are so that we can actually experience transformation. Now, if you don't want to be transformed, you don't want anything to do with the holy. Right? If you don't want to be formed and crafted into God's deeper reality, then stay away from the holy. Because it's not about proving you were right all along. It's about peeling off all the masks, peeling off all the labels, about stopping the chattering, about understanding that all this babbling stuff that's going on, it's got to stop. Because God is up to something deep and powerful. It's this great moment of clarity. This week, again, each week trying to think of a way to kind of anchor this in our own everyday lived experience because most of us have not had a king die and then seen these things flying around in the sky trying to understand well what does this look like in real life it dawned on me that sadly most of the times when we experience this clarity is only in times of great tragedy we're standing next to the casket of somebody who is tragically killed and all of a sudden, we have this moment of clarity where we realize all this stuff I've been fussing with doesn't mean a thing. This fight I had with so-and-so, how pointless was that? Right? It's in these moments when we're standing there and all of a sudden we can see with clarity, man, there's something bigger going on. Here, I've been fussing with this or I've got this idea of myself and and. It takes these moments where the ordinary um, is disrupted by some deep, profound experience for us to realize, I got my priorities all backwards. Now, it doesn't always happen in some tragic thing. Occasionally, for people of faith, this should be a more regular process, but occasionally, 
Maybe it's the birth of a child. We realize, wow, that sports car I've been obsessing about, it's nothing compared to this. See what I'm saying? Those moments of clarity where we are able to recalibrate in the Scripture, the place where God meets us for that recalibration is called the holy. The place where I, I let go of the control. I let go of trying to manipulate and master all of these things so that God can show me who I am. So that God can help me reframe and recalibrate the holy, my friends, is a purifying experience. And as people of faith, we need to hold on to this experience. We need to make sure that we celebrate this. When, when we gather, again, when we gather each week, it, it's not so we can prove we were right. When I hear the word of the Lord, when I enter into prayer, it's not just to reaffirm everything that I thought I already knew. It's supposed to strip away. It's supposed to confront me. Not so that my creatureness is destroyed, but so that it can be transformed. My limitations, my weaknesses, my mistakes, my finitude, these things don't separate me from the holy. These are the things I'm supposed to bring to the holy so that it can be transformed. Today, I want to encourage each and every one of us, don't let your creatureness, your earthiness, your humanity be a block or a wedge that keeps you from stepping into the presence of the holy. It's that deep ground that's under us. The holy is all around me. I just need to be transformed. I need to be changed. Isaiah has this amazing encounter. It's shaking and moving and weird. And it's only then, as he's lost in this space, that he says, I saw the king. And when I saw him, all kinds of other things finally made sense. This process, stepping into the holy to see ourselves for who we are, it's not a wallowing in our wretchedness. I get so frustrated when I hear people that pray, and I've heard them do it, to open gatherings, and the whole prayer is about how great God is and how pitiful and horrible we are, and God, you could kill us if you wanted, and you'd be perfectly justified. Like, you're, you're missing the whole point. The holiness of God is an invitation for me to be transformed, not the occasion for my destruction. Don't play dead. The angel's going to come say, no, no, don't be afraid. Stand up. Now that you see, you can get to work. Now that you see really what's going on, you can step into that reality and live as God intended you to live. So today, I invite you, bring all your mess to the holy. Bring all your baggage to the holy. Bring everything... Release it. Let it be transformed. This is the space that the creature is supposed to live in. It's not how we mark off 
well, this is how far we are from God. No, this is God's invitation to be present in our midst, in this moment, in this place, in this people, in this life. This, my friends, is the invitation of the holy. We invent all kinds of rules to try to control what we can't control, what we can't manipulate. Being woke to God's reality is being aware there's a deep vibration. God's power is not like our power. It's kind of scary. Not in an anxious way, but in that, whoa, and it's weird. It's strange, and I can't get my mind around it. But something beautiful happens when I release into that. And my initial response, when I finally see what's really in the mirror, might be, oh my, I am undone. Here I thought all along, I was the best looking guy on the planet. And you had to show me that. Now I know. Sometimes, really coming to see, she's like, well, I'm just dead then. Just, no friend. God doesn't show us who we are to beat up on us. He shows us so that He can touch our lips with His holy fire, transform us and change us. We take off our shoes so we can feel the ground. People of faith should be the most present of all people, not the people who are lost in another time. Is there a world to come? For sure. But you're not there yet. You have to be in this world, present in this life, in this time, in this moment. And believe it or not, the Bible calls that awareness and that presence the holy. Oh, but I like it better when it's way over there. Yeah, because then you don't have to be in it. Being present calls something forth from me. So don't play dead. You're not undone. You're not destroyed. The wheels are not coming off the bus. God is getting ready to transform you, to change you, to draw you in to a depth of reality, into beauty and grace and love and mercy like you never could imagine. Lord Jesus, we come before you today in celebration, O oh Lord, of your great love and your mercy. I pray today that you would help us Lord, to relax into your presence so that your holy, purifying presence can first help us to see, to see who we are, to purify the hubris, the pride, the arrogance, the false images, all of the stuff that we've piled on ourselves and other people have piled on us. 
Lord, help us today to let your glorious presence lift all of that so that we can see and know this place, maybe for the first time, to be transformed by your grace and your love and your mercy. Thank you for listening. Our podcasts are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you. To hear more, visit us online at orogracepoint.com.